here to preach the word of God. And I'm here to praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's so important. And so I have been praying and seeking the Lord. And I want to continue on what I started to preach on. Uh, Christ in the book of Acts. And uh, I came a little bit uh, in chapter 9, I think, till uh, 18. And I want to go a little bit further down uh, from uh, 20 to um, um, 23. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so when I was praying, I must say, sometimes it's not easy to uh, prepare for a, a sermon. You want to do something and give something out of the wor Word of God, don't you? And that means we have to study the Word of God. And uh, so I said, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit might light that way out that I might see it. You know, when you have a car, you have got two beams in your lights. There's first of all is that lower beam. And then you have the high beam. With the lower beam, you can see everything left and right, but you can't see far enough. And uh, then you switch over for the high beam, and then you see oh, the whole street, especially when you go on a road through the country, then you can see everything. And I pray virtually, Lord, put on the high beam in my heart, that I can see your word. Hallelujah. And hopefully the Lord has done it. So I'm going to read from Acts um, chapter 9, verse 19, or 20 rather, to verse 25. And immediately he began to proclaim Christ Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And those hearing him continued to be amazed and those and saying, Is this not he who in Jerusalem destroyed those who called on, this, on his name and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? But Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived in Jerusalem Damascus, by proving that the Jesus is the Christ. When many days has elapsed, the Jews plotted together to do away with him. But the plot became known to Saul. They were also watching the gates day and night so that they might put him to death. But his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a large basket. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you might give us enlightenment through your word, and also, Lord, that we might understand the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank you, and I bless your wonderful name. I pray, Lord Jesus, give grace to speak your word, and also give grace, Lord, to receive your word, and also to act upon your word in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I think we all know who wrote the, the Acts, the book of Acts. Who knows it? 
Who was it? Luke, of course. And we know also that uh, till chapter 15, Luke wrote all the things he heard from eyewitnesses. And from chapter 16 on, he was virtually traveling with, with Saul. Then he was called Paul. And then you will read we. So it's not only Saul, not only somebody is reporting, but we. There was Saul and Barnabas, partially, and also Luke there. Now it's very interesting to understand this. Now Luke gave an apor- a report about the apostles, and that's what it should be in German. We call it Apostelgeschichte, the history of the apostles. But you will find that this report is not totally complete. Why not? Somehow Luke omitted some disciples or or. Uh, apostles, it's mainly concentrated on John, Peter, and Paul. An apostle, as he called himself, born untimely in chapter 15, 1 Corinthians. But he is nevertheless an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, many things the apostle Paul writes in other letters he omitted, I don't know why. And you won't find him in Luke. And so, for instance, uh, it was omitted that Paul was, uh, uh, for instance, he was eight times flogged. And in Exodus, actually only one time has been mentioned. And Paul was also seven times imprisoned and we only read about it two times. And Paul wrote also that he had three shipwrecks. And the Bible speaks only of one, or Luke reports only of one. What is it? Now Luke omitted things because he didn't know these things perhaps. I don't know. But if you want to know a, a report of Paul, what he went through, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the verses 23 to 28. And Paul is listing a whole list of things he went through. For instance, Paul speaks of danger, of hunger, of thirst, of robbers who were there. And he speaks about rivers and deserts he was in of dangers, and so on. And so also, Luke does not report here that Paul, or Saul, is his name still, went actually to Arabia. Did you know that? He went to Arabia, but it doesn't say here in Acts chapter 9. We can read it in Galatians chapter 1, verse 14. And we read it there. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia. He went away. And I want to explain a little bit. 
entered once more to Damascus. He was in Arabia, and then he went back one more time to Damascus. And I believe there's this parenthesis, we have to push it perhaps between verse 19 and 20. And it could be that there was a time where Saul was in Arabia. And he says, now in what I'm writing, verse 20 in Galatians chapter 1, now in what I'm writing to you, I assure you before God that I am not lying. In other words, it says, it's true, I have been in Arabia. Of course, we don't read it in, in, the, in Acts. And that's important to understand also. And who knows what God did with him in Arabia. Saul in Arabia. Now, according to uh, Galatians 1, 16 to 18, and he speaks a lot about these things. And there's this parenthesis we, wanna, we have to put between verse 19 and 20. So there was something going on, and it's very important. Now this fits very nicely in the timeline. And the Apostle Paul, and then he was still Saul, yes? We uh, turn sometimes too quick to the word Saul, uh, Paul, but he was still Saul. And later on, his name was changed. Now, this is not that big Nabatarian kingdom. There was an Arabian kingdom, and this kingdom or this Arabia is not that Arabia we read perhaps in the Old Testament. No, this is the Arabia that went down from Petra, then Edom, and went all the way up to Damascus. So, and there was this kingdom, and it's interesting that this part where Saul went into was actually a piece of land that was reclaimed from the wilderness, similar to that what Israel did when Israel came in 48 back into that land. And Israel reclaimed the whole Desert, and the desert is blooming now. Hallelujah. If you want to know what's going on in Israel, ask my dear brother Colm and his dear wife and his daughter too. They have been there. And they are so fascinated. I think they want to go almost every year there. It's so wonderful there. Now it was possible also then, in a time that Arabia and this part was actually reclaimed from the wilderness. And there were lively cities, according to what we can read in the history. Now, where did Paul get actually his teaching about the gospel from? And he said it very clearly, I didn't receive it from man. Neither have been taught by any man. Now let's read Galatians chapter 1 verse 12. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught 
it. But I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Did you know Saul went to a Bible college? And I give you the name of the Bible college. And the name of the Bible college is this year. Desert Dust Revelation College. When he was lying with his face in the dust of the desert. And he said, Lord, what should I do? And I believe God spoke to him. And he got there in this desert Bible college knowledge about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And this is something important. Paul learned it there. And this college was close to Damascus. Now, Saul returned back from Arabia and then back to Damascus. He started to preach when he came back about two major things. And Pastor Gary, I don't want to resurrect your sermon you preached last Sunday. But I know everybody who is searching and seeking the Lord receives sometimes in a different way something. What you received, I can receive it. And what I received, I want to give it to you. There were two major things. Paul understood, your soul understood. And these things are so important for salvation. Now, the first thing is, he preached Jesus that he is the Son of God. This obviously was such an important point. Saul preached and the Lord showed him there in his desert college on the sand, in the sand. This was so important. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is not a starter of a religion. No, no, no. I hate religion. And when I preach one day, I might tell you why and what, what religion is. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not a so-called Christian religion. Neither do I believe in Christian religion. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. If anything is being preached different than to that, it is not the gospel. And interesting is, Saul, he was a learned Pharisee. And he knew the Bible. And he knew how to handle the Bible. And he started to preach, Jesus, the Son of God. Now, Jesus, the Son of God, why is it so important? It was the most intimate revelation of God. God himself came down through Jesus Christ. It was not any or some kind of prophet somewhere in a cave in Arabia and then all of a sudden got some revelation. No. It's Jesus Christ came from the throne of God. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I tell you what, God couldn't reveal himself in any more intimate way. And we read the scripture very clearly. Paul reads 
and writes us to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 19. Namely, that God was in, that God was in Christ. Say it aloud. Say it aloud. Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. God has given us the word of reconciliation, and that's why ambassadors have our job, and that is to bring reconciliation, to preach the reconciliation back to God again. And you know, the word peace, we know it, shalom. And this word has a, a meaning. In German we see, I say, peace is only then. If you made peace with somebody, you talk to each other again. If there's no talking going on, there's no peace. If you come into a family and father and mother are not talking to each other, there's war. There's war. But as soon as that what was between them, that wall been taken away and reconciled, you talk with each other again. Amen? Hallelujah. There's no longer war. Now it was God in Jesus Christ. And that's the great thing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not a kind of religious philosophy. No, God himself came down. Hallelujah. Could God do anything better? No. He came in Jesus Christ. And when I was thinking about it and praying, said, Lord, then it was this way. It was God Himself in Jesus Christ who opened the eyes of blind Bartimaeus. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why it was a miracle. Jesus was not somebody who could do some tricks. No, no. Jesus is the Son of God. God was physically on the earth. And that makes the gospel wonderful and plausible. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 It was virtually God who touched the woman with the issue of blood. It was God in Jesus Christ. And this God is here this morning. Hallelujah. It was virtually God who touched the woman who was bent over for many, many years. And Jesus said, straighten up. God was in Christ and did all these things. And I come a little bit closer then to the cross. It was God who raised Jairus, Jairus' daughter, get up. It was God in, uh, in Jesus Christ 
who sit in front of the Sanhedrin. Can you understand? God is standing in front of his own creation and his own creation is condemning God and Jesus Christ. Jesus was condemned to the death on the cross. If God was, and it's no question to me, in Jesus Christ, who cried from the cross, it is finished! Amen. There was a word of God. It was not just some kind of a prophet who was talking on behalf of God. God himself said, it is finished. Your sins, my sins, all the sins of the world have been carried to the cross and now it is finished. Hallelujah. Hearing it from God himself through Jesus Christ is so valid. That's why Saul understood here at the desert college. He understood something. God himself is here. And that's what I must preach. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Hallelujah. 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 You know, when Philip, or actually in Greek, Philippus, as he was there with the Ethiopian finance minister on his coach going down the desert road, and he preached to him Jesus. And all of a sudden, this, this Ethiopian man saw water and said, there is water. Is there anything that could hinder me from being baptized? Philip preached the total gospel. Don't shy back to preach also baptism. Don't shy back. Because it's important. The Bible says clearly 1616 in Mark, he who believes and goes to church. He who believes and reads the Bible. He who believes and be baptized shall be saved. Amen? Hallelujah. Don't shy back preaching about baptism. Now obviously, Philip has done it to this man. And he saw it. And said, Is there anything that hinders me from getting now baptized? And what did he say in Acts chapter 8, 37? Yes, let's read it quickly. <clears throat> And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And what did he say? What did he say? Anybody able to quote it? Oh, oh you've got it up there. Oh, yes. So, I believe what? 
I believe that Jesus Christ is what? The Son of God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And somehow, Philip might have preached to him these things. And he understood. said, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. No one else who has never be believed and has never believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God can be baptized. Don't dip anyone too quickly into water. If this is not true and a person doesn't believe it, he is ready to be baptized. Amen or not? Amen? Do you agree with me? Okay. If you baptize too quickly, you had before a dry unbeliever, afterwards you've got a wet unbeliever. That's all different, only different. But it says very clearly, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. What a good biblical study Philip has done with this man. The penny dropped Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I sometimes went with our evangelists to the city and there's also in the city a stand from the, Mus from the Muslims. And they tried to sneak up a little bit closer to the Christians. And they had a, a sign there. Jesus is the beloved prophet of the Quran. They thought perhaps we will now have peace with them. No, 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 no. No. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And this is so important. Now, the next thing he preached was this. Jesus is the Messiah, or in Greek, Christos. Jesus is the anointed one. Interesting, interesting here. The Jews got angry about this. And they tried to kill Saul. Just a few days before, or weeks, depends how long he was in, in Arabia, the Lord told Ananias, I will tell him and show him how much he will suffer for my namesake. All these things happened. He was preaching the gospel and also for Jews, for Jews, that he is the Messiah. I not only believing in Jesus, I believe in Jesus Christ. That's so important. Christ is the anointed one, being pointed out by God and anointed. And that's for Jews so important too. Now I'm reading this scripture in uh, 
from the complete Jewish Bible. And there are some words a little bit different, but you forgive me, I think you will understand it. But Shual, or Shaul, was being filled with more and more power and was creating an uproar amongst the Jews living in Damascus. That's how it's been written. That means Damascus. That's been written in the Jewish complete Bible. Now it's somehow these Jews, they got angry. And Pastor Gary spoke about the uproar. You know? But there was an uproar. She re they realized something. They realized something. It was this. We have just missed the Messiah. We have missed the train. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he was preaching, and then all of a sudden the word went through their hearts, and their hearts were pierced. It's better to get a heart pierced than the, than the nose pierced. Amen, yes. Yes, I know somebody who could pierce the hearts. It's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Has ever your heart been pierced? Well, you know, oh Lord, it's true. I'm standing condemned before you. And we read in Acts chapter 2. Now verse 36. Therefore, let, that's what Peter preached. And he's preached especially to the Jews here. Now listen. Therefore let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. That means Messiah. This Jesus whom you have crucified. And all of a sudden their hearts were pierced. If it's that the way, about 50 days before, we crucified this man who is the Lord and the Messiah, the Messiah. All of a sudden, they said, what must we do? The Spirit of God went into their hearts and pierced it. And then they understood they were waiting for the Messiah. And now we have killed him 50 days before. What must we do now? They knew, and every Jew know very well, that the Messiah is very important for them. What must we do? What did Peter say? Go a little bit more to the synagogue? No. He said, repent. And be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. We find this piercing through, not here in Damascus, with the Jews. They were upset. What Saul was preaching was somehow 
and no offense to them. But they realized we missed the train. We missed the train. These Jews didn't say, what must we do, soul? What must we do? Not even the example of Saul, who was himself uh, the destroyer of the Christian faith or the persecution, uh, was persecuting the church. And they heard about his testimony, what he was before. And he writes in Galatians chapter 1, You know in what manner I lived before that I was persecuting the church. And this always hurt. This always hurt Saul. And he himself, in one spot, he said, similar to this, I'm not worthy to be an apostle because I persecuted the church. If you do anything bad to the church, let it be told, no matter who it is, you do it to Jesus. And vice versa, when you do something good to our brother and sister here in the church, to one of the smallest ones, you have done it to me. Hallelujah. Now when you go out, take one of these little children, stroke them over their heads, over their boys. You have done it to Jesus. It's a blessing for a child. I can tell you, I was a child in a Pentecostal church. And there were people, I don't know why, I could sing very loud. Perhaps that had fascinated some people. And then they came and stroke over my head. I felt good. I felt blessed. Do it with our young children here in the church. Amen? Hallelujah. They come far much more glad to church because they want to see this person, whether they, this person is stroking my head again next Sunday. Do it. Hallelujah. Now these new Jews knew we missed the train. And I sometimes try to think about but I haven't got as yet the handle on it to dramatize what it means to late. There's also a time where it will be too late. Today, if you hear my voice, says the Spirit of God, do not harden your heart. Israel, these Jews hardened their heart. Too late. Too late. Late. I don't know where you at, young men or children, young girls. You have heard the gospel Sunday after Sunday from your parents and from the preachers here. Also for Christian children, it can become 
are too late one day. Too late. Too late. There is a terrible waiting for these Jews for the time of Jacob's trouble. That's what they knew the Jews know. And we who know, we know the Bible, Israel will come into the so-called Jacob's trouble. This is not a feast. It's not a barbecue. It's a horrible time. A horrible time for Christians who miss the boat to put their trust in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There's only a, a terrible waiting Hebrews chapter 6 or 4. Horrible, terrible waiting for the judgment of God because it is terrible, it is terrible to fall into the hand of the what? Tell me, tell me, tell me. It is terrible to fall into the hand of the living God. It is wonderful to submit your life into the hands of Jesus. Hallelujah. When he died on the cross, he had his arms open. You know what it means? He wants to include you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you understand it? Do you understand it? Two things Saul preached very clearly. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. And that he is the Messiah of the Jews. Every Father, I thank you for this morning. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the Son of God. Hallelujah. And I thank the Lord that you came to save me. Lord Jesus, you put everything aside, became a man, became a slave, went to the cross. You took my sins upon yourself. And Lord, then you cried out, it is finished. Oh, I thank you, Lord Jesus. It is finished for me too. I have nothing to do but follow you. Amen. Amen. 